You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a word this morning entitled or a sermon topic that the Word of God brings restoration. The Word of God brings restoration. Let me see your hand if you need restoration in an area of your life. Family, this word that God has given us is a word that acts now, heals now, delivers now. Maybe you've been holding on, hoping for things. Hoping is not faith. The Word of God teaches us from the book of Hebrews 11 verse 1 that now faith is. It means faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. For he says, in an acceptable time I've heard you and an In the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith acts now. Faith is in the present tense. It acts now. It believes now. It receives now. This word, when you read it, is now. The biggest mistake that we make that when we read the word, we're not reading it for ourselves. We often read it for other people. Forgive 70 times 7. Yes, I'm going to remember to tell my wife and my children. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people. Family, listen to me. When you are reading the Word of God, it's God busy speaking to you. Everything that you want, everything that you need is in the Word of God. This Word is life. This Word is light. Many people are holding on to promises. Are you holding on to a promise? It's one thing to believe a promise. It's a completely different thing to grab hold of that promise. It's a different thing to believe that there's a Bible on the pulpit. It's completely different to go and grab and hold on to this. If you want to be healed by the Word of God, delivered by the Word of God, receive a breakthrough by the Word of God, Are you ready to be ruled by the Word of God? We are very quick to tell God what we require of Him. But do we know what God requires of us? Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, God wants you to be happy. Our duty is to obey the Word of God. His duty is to fulfill His promises. When you obey the Word of God, you'll be happy. 
in the beginning it might seem difficult, but once you get to know the Word of God, you'll see that whatever God requires of you is for your very best. That His Word will bring life and life in abundance in your life. Family, for you to obtain whatever you want in the Word of God, you're going to have to believe the Word of God, and then you're going to have to start to confess the Word of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to confess the Word of God. If you say you have faith and you're believing and trusting God for something, remember, the foundation must be the Word of God. For the promise that you are holding on, the foundation must be the Word of God. Everything you do, you have to view in the light of God's Word. When you have a dream, view that dream in the light of God's Word. When somebody gives you a word, view that word in the light of God's Word. When you see a vision, view it in the light of God's Word. Amen? The Word of God is so powerful. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. God says His word, when He sends His word... It will not return back void to him. The book of John teaches us that the, the word became flesh. And when it manifested, we could see its glory. Psalm 107 verse 20 said, He sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them. In Luke 7 verse 7, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Family, the Word of God, when you allow it to become an integral part of you, by its very nature, it will change you, and you'll find yourself acting with God, walking with God, planning with God. There is power in the Word of God. A recent study that was done the Center for Bible Engagement in America, they did a study on 40,000 people. Just ordinary, normal people that they did a study on concerning the Word of God. And they discovered something very interesting. They were not looking for it, it's just it came to the surface in their study. That people that read their Bible only once a week or have an encounter with the Word of God only once a week. So this can be you here sitting today on a Sunday listening to the Word and I'm reading a scripture. People that just hear the Word of God once a week has very little impact in their lives. It's insignificant. People that read the Word of God twice a week very small impact, almost insignificant. If you spend time in the Word of God three times a week, there's like a small heartbeat. 
something starts happening. But once you start spending time in the Word of God more than four times a week, suddenly the Word of God has a serious impact. So you would expect that it wouldn't really have a major impact. But four or more times in a week, suddenly things change. Loneliness. Who of you are feeling lonely? Nobody. Okay. This is for the people listening to the live broadcast right now, the live streaming. Feeling lonely dropped with 30%. Feeling lonely dropped with 30% by just reading your Bible more than four times in a week. Anger issues. Road rage. Blowing your gasket went down 32%. So if you want to be calmer, read your Bible. Bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment went down, dropped with 40% by just reading your Bible. Alco being alcoholism, down 57%. You should be getting a smile on your face. Just a way of escaping. Pornography, down 61%. You know why I think? Because you're less on your phone and more in the Bible. Some of you know all the bloggers' names, but do you know all the names of the Bible? Very interesting. Reading your Bible Sharing the gospel with people jumped 200%. Sharing your faith jumped 200%. Why? Because when you read the Word of God, you're more confident in the Word of God, to share the Word of God. Discipling people went up 230%. But just reading your Bible. Family, you know what that means? It means this Word has got sanctification power. It's got healing power. It's got deliverance power. When you allow the Word of God to dominate your heart, it will change your life. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, read your Bible. The promises of God, they all recorded here in the Word of God. And faith comes when you believe these promises. Then you hold on to these promises. Family, all of us have areas in our lives where we need God to bring restoration. It's the Word of God that will bring that restoration in your life. When I read this, I thought, wow. Those are statistics being recorded. The Word of God is very real. I was looking at some other statistics on the Word of God. I think there's 300 prophecies concerning Jesus. And all 300 of them has been fulfilled. And they used mathematical statistics to calculate what are the chances of just 5 or 8 or 16 of those being fulfilled. 
then you look and you realize when you read the Word of God and what men of God had prophesied over 1,500 years, the chances of those things being fulfilled, all of them, is almost impossible. But God in His wisdom, because this book is inspired by the Holy Spirit, holy men, when they were moved by the Holy Spirit, wrote these things down. That's why the Word of God has got the ability to change your life. If you are serious about a breakthrough, if you are serious about seeing change in your family, in your business, in your marriage, in your career, it's time to get serious about the Word of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, read your Bible. Turn with me to Hebrews 4 verse 12. Let me just quote the scripture to you. It says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's got the ability to pierce in between your soul and your spirit, your bone and your marrow, and it has the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. So this word of God, when you read it, it will reveal what's going on in your heart. All of you that are here today, you've come for different reasons. And God knows what's going on in your heart. You've come for healing, for deliverance, for breakthrough, maybe to grow spiritually. And it doesn't matter what the reason, God wants to meet all those needs. And the promises in His Word is there for you to grab a hold of, because that Word cannot return back void to you. The most important thing, if you want to grab hold of that promise, you're going to have to start to confess it. Anybody can say, thank you, Jesus, after they've received their breakthrough. You don't need faith to say, thank you, Jesus, after you've received your breakthrough. It's a good heart, a a heart full of gratitude that says, thank you, Jesus, But David confessed the desired result before the giant fell. That's faith. Declaring God's word, thanking God for his faithfulness before you've seen the manifestation. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to start confessing. Many people don't see change in their lives because they don't start confessing the Word of God. If you believe the Word of God, start to confess the Word of God. The book of Joel 2 verse 24, it says, I will restore the years that the locust has stolen. Who of you have got some years that needs to be restored back into your life? God wants to restore it. Don't try and figure it out in your mind. Proverbs says, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try and figure out how God will do it, but believe that He will do it because He said He wants to bring restoration into your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings 8. Do you believe today is your day of salvation? Today is your day of restoration? Amen. I was so blessed when I was reading this and just studying this. You all know the story of the lady. In 2 Kings 4, you can go read. She saw the man of God traveling past there, and at a stage she said to her husband, let us make a room for him. 
Gentlemen, who of you are grateful for your wives sometimes helping you to make the right decisions? Just raise your hand. You know you should have listened to her more. Amen. She said, let us build a room. Let us put a bed in there, a table in there, a chair in there, a lamp in there, that when he comes past there, he can rest. So it happened one day when he came, the Bible actually says he went and he laid on the bed. The man of God says to his servant, he says, go ask her what does she want? Would she like us to go to the king? Would she like us to go to the commander and speak to him on her behalf? And she says, no, I'm fine. I've got my own people. I'm sorted. I don't need you to do any favors like that. Then the Gehazi says, she does not have a son and her husband is old. He says, no problem, call her. Calls her and he says to her, you're going to have a son a year from now. She says, please, don't make jokes. He says, I'm serious, a year from now you'll have a child. She had a child. A son, and if you know the story, the son died. And then the man of God raised him from the dead. He restored him back to life. So this is just the background. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready for your restoration. Tell them again, say, get ready for restoration. Sometimes you do things that seem very insignificant in the natural, but in the spirit, it has a major effect. Her just putting the room there, her husband and herself putting a small bed there, a table, a lamp, and a chair seemed very insignificant in the natural, but in the spirit, it had a supernatural effect. 2 Kings 8 verse 1, Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son had, he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. Can you see the relationship here between her and the man of God? He warned her, he said, listen, things are going to get tough. Go and look after yourself and take care of yourself. A word in season from a man of God will change your life. Amen? When you listen to his prophets, your ways will become successful, is what the Bible teaches us. Verse 2, so the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. Verse 3, came to pass at the end of the seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for a house and for a land. So she's going to the king, and she says, please, king, help me. I want to explain something to you. God is busy working when you're not even aware of it. So you stand that side. Here's the king. Here the woman is coming to the king and saying, please, can I get my land back? The Bible says, that's what I read. She appealed to the king, can I get my land back? Can I get my house back? Here's the king. He's ignoring her. He's speaking to Gehazi. He says, verse 3, the last part said, went to make an appeal to the king for the house and for her land. So she's here busy talking to him. 
Then the king talked with Gehazi. He's not interested in her. He's talking to, to Gehazi. He says, tell me please all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. She's begging here, not even aware of what God is busy doing. He's saying, can I just get my land back? Can you just bring restoration? I just want my land back. The king is ignoring her. He's more interested in miracles. Amen. It's a good thing to see the works of God, but it's more important to learn his ways. The word of God dominating your heart. So as he's standing here, Gehazi is telling him, there's a woman whose son died. I was there. I saw it. And God restored this woman's son back to life. He says, oh, I didn't even see her. You won't believe it. Now that I'm telling you the story, there she is. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is in control. Tell them God wants to bring restoration into your life. She comes closer. He says, come closer. I want to hear. Tell me about this. Is this, where's the son? Who wants to play the son? Okay. Reino, come be the son. You're not going to die. You've been raised. You've been restored. Amen. They tell the story of how Elisha restored him back to life. The king says, wow, this is all about restoration. He says, this is not enough. the king, just come here quickly. He says, I'm calling one of my guys. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain of officer for her saying, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. What is he doing? He's saying, listen here. I can see God is busy restoring in your life. I'm appointing this officer. He's going to go with you. You're going to get your land back. You're not only getting your land back. The income of the seven years that you've lost because you were gone I'm restoring that back to you as well. She's standing here pleading, please, can I just have my land? Can I just have my house? How can you abandon your property for seven years and then come back and say, can I please have it back? Apart from that, the king says, that's not enough. The income that that property would have produced for you, I'm restoring that back to you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time for restoration. Listen to me. She never asked the man of God for a son. She never asked the man of God for a son. She just had it in her heart and got her husband involved and said, let's build him a room. Let's put a bed. Let's put a lamp. Let's put a chair. David did exactly the same. David was walking in his house. He's walking in his house, and he said, I want to build God a house. How can I live in a house, but God doesn't have a house? And he said to the man of God, I want to build God a house. And he said, it's fine, you can build a house. Then the prophet came back the next day, and he said, God said, I never asked you for a house, but you said you want to build me a house. 
Now I'm going to make a covenant with you and your generations to come. Because you wanted to build me a house, I'm going to build your house. When you have that prompting in your heart to do something for God, it might seem very ordinary in the natural, but it will have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. This woman, when she came back, she was just begging for a house. God was ready to do far more abundantly above whatever she could think, whatever she could dream. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready for restoration. Family, the Word of God declares restoration in our lives. If you go to Exodus 22, fivefold, fourfold restoration in your life. If you read the book of Proverbs 6, it says when the thief is caught, he must restore sevenfold. The minimum restoration that I've seen in the Word of God is Job, when God restored back double. But in his tough time, he never accused God. So when you're going through your trial, when you're going through your difficulty, be very careful what you say. Do you know why a lot of people don't see restoration in their lives? Because they never declare restoration. Do you believe that God wants to bring restoration in your life? Then let me hear you say restore. restore. Let me hear you say, say restore. restore. Don't rely on your own insight how God will do that. Turn with me to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to believe God's promises. Tell them, say, I need restoration. Family, if you believe that God wants to bring restoration in your life, then you have to start to declare it. Amen? Verse 22. But this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers for plunder and no one says, restore. Let me hear you say, restore. restore. Say it again, say restore. restore. Family, if you believe it with your heart, start to say it. That's what the book of Corinthians teaches us. We believed, therefore we spoke. So because we believe, now we start to speak it. Start to declare it. Everything that God made, He spoke into existence by His Word. But make sure when you start to declare God's promises that it comes from the Word of God. Amen. If you believe it, you'll speak it. David looked at that giant. The giant shouted at him and said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. Sometimes your situation and circumstances is a big giant shouting at you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to kill you. But I want to assure you where those accusations are coming from is from the realm of defeat and failure. David found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. And he could look at that giant and say, no, you're not going to kill me. I'm the one that's going to kill you. And take note, I'll be the one feeding your flesh to the birds of the air. He first confessed the desired result. Then he saw the manifestation thereof. Everything God created, he spoke into existence. If you believe it, speak it. If you believe it, start to declare it. But remember, 
the word of God will discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. God knows what you are confessing if you're believing it. Turn to the person next to you and say, first believe it. Then confess it. He says, this is the acceptable time. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. He says, this is the acceptable time. This is your day of salvation. When you cried out to me, I heard you. This is your day of salvation. This is your day of restoration. If you believe it, start to declare it. Start to declare over your family, over your children, over your marriage, over your business, whatever area the enemy wanted to come and steal. God wants to bring restoration. If you believe it, start to declare it. Start to say it. Change your confession today. Anybody can say thank you, Jesus, after they've seen the manifestation. But it takes a man and woman of faith to say thank you, Jesus, for the restoration when you've not seen anything. To declare the restoration when you've not seen anything. When you believe it with all your heart, when your confession has got your hearts full of agreement, you'll see faith will be activated. You'll not just be confessing it, you'll start to act it. And God will change things in your life and bring the restoration that He has promised. When we confess it and we believe it, that's our part. God will do His part and fulfill His promises. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.